Hi, listeners, and welcome to Mind Your Mind Speaks, a podcast series that brings together subject matter experts and community leaders to help raise awareness, share resources, and inspire action through recorded conversations about mental well-being topics. I'm Irene Barton, Executive Director of the Cobb Collaborative, and it's my privilege to host this series. Today, we are speaking with Alexandra Thompson, Counseling Director at Cumberland Counseling Services. Before we start with our questions, Alex, can you tell us a little bit about yourself? Yes, definitely. Um, I am an LCSW, which means I'm a a clinical therapist through the field of clinical social work. Um, I, at some point, uh, got in touch with my new church at the time and asked if I could volunteer as a therapist for them because I didn't particularly like the job I was doing at that time. And that turned into me starting a clinical counseling center from inside a church, uh, which turned into creating a nonprofit, which replicates that, basically puts clinical counseling centers inside of churches so that we can um, partner with the community and be able to make mental health care easily accessible to all members of the community. Um, So that's what I do, and I absolutely adore it. Well, it's obvious that you have a great passion for it. So thank you so much. We're so glad that you were unhappy in your uh, first, your previous (laughs) career, so that not only your church, but other faith communities can benefit. So you've mentioned um, the Counseling Center at Cumberland Community Church. Can you talk a little bit about the families and individuals that you support and the services you provide? And you did say, um, and correct me if I misunderstood, that it's available beyond um, to the community, beyond the families that are actual congregants at the church. Yes, definitely. That is the whole goal is to make sure that this is accessible, that mental health care is accessible to anyone in the community. Um, And the reason, you know, I'll I'll share a little bit with you, the reason we want that and how we know that that's a need in our community is because we did a survey about two years ago and found that the number one place, all people in the community uh, across faiths, across socioeconomic statuses, they all know that in times of trouble, if they need care, they can go to a church to receive, um, to get some of their needs met, right? So that's already something that our community members already know. But on a list of, of many more, I'm thinking probably 12 more items, Um, The second to last thing on that list that they felt like they had easy access to was mental health care. So we want to bridge that and say, hey, my goodness, in the South, there's a church on every corner. If people are saying that what they need is easier access to mental health care, let's make that happen by putting clinical mental health uh, services that are ethical, that are legal, that are professional, where everyone has a license in the state of Georgia to practice mental health care inside of churches so that we can meet with as many people as need as need care. So to answer who do we work with, what do we treat, those kinds of things, we see a variety of different kinds of people and we love that. Um, right now it's really mostly ages 10 years and older. We meet with individuals, uh, couples, um, families with teenagers and kids right around you know 10 plus. And we work primarily with mood and anxiety disorders. So depression, uh, generalized anxiety, um, bipolar disorder. We work with some personality disorders, um, things like that. We treat trauma, grief and loss, life transitions. And uh, we do all of that with a diverse set of therapists who are 
uh, who, who carry lots of different specialties and different licensures uh, so that we're, we have a variety of different personalities and specialties to be able to work with lots of different people in our community. Wonderful. And you oversee the entire team there. I do. Yes. And we've expanded. So we have a location here in Smyrna, but we also have a location in Lawrenceville now, because like I said, what we're trying to do is really get into every church because we want, we want that to, you know, uh, our goal is to make it that easy that you yeah. can go to any church and find mental health care. Absolutely. You alluded to this earlier in your comments that people typically turn to their faith community or a faith community yeah. that maybe they drive by or walk by every day in good times and in bad times, because historically the church has been, and I say that in the most ecumenical sense of the word, the mm -hmm. church has been a, a provider of support mm -hmm. services. So how did your church come? I know you mentioned the survey, but how did your church really embrace the fact that the faith community and mental health need to be in, intertwined? I think the church, like you said, has always been a place where people come to, and like our survey results said, that people come to when they need something, particularly people who more identify with um, maybe a Christian faith. But I will say that our, our clients are not only people who identify or who had a Christian faith be a part of their culture or their upbringing. We have lots of different uh, types of people from different faith identities um, come to us all the time, which is fantastic and what we want. Um, but there was a time, you know, when I reached out and said, I, I would love to volunteer for you and I'll put together an informed consent form and an intake form. I'll be above board. I'll do everything just right. Um, do you have anyone that comes to mind that, that I could meet with in this capacity? And that the, this particular church, Cumberland Community Church, sort of laughed and said, yes, we've got lots of people that come to mind that you could probably start working with this week if that's something that they want. So I think that this particular church and many churches, especially since COVID, are seeing that if they don't have some kind of um, ministry, if you will, if they don't have some kind of plan for taking care of people's mental health, they're not serving their community very well. I mean, we're seeing that people are three to four times more anxious and more depressed than they were prior to COVID. And I think that the next mental, that the next pandemic is going to be a mental health pandemic, right? That's kind of what we're hearing and what we're believing. So if right. churches who care about their community and who uh, really are trying to do, or, or any faith community really, that's trying to do anything to make sure that their members are the healthiest they can be, they have to focus on mental health. They cannot only focus on spiritual health or any other health. We have to include um, the full picture here. Right, be very holistic in, yeah. in that. So speaking of, of that holistic approach, Alex, what can people do to support a family member, whether it's their biological family or, or faith family member who may be going through a dark time in their life? Should you go ahead and uh, quote unquote, address the elephant in, in the room and just come right out and ask someone if they are struggling um, how, how can people support others? That's a great question. And I love that you said, should I come on out and ask if they're struggling? The answer is yes. Yes. A lot of times people think, for example, with suicidality or with somebody who's maybe, um, making their intimate 
people in their life believe that maybe they're considering taking their life. A lot of times people think if I don't mention it, then I won't remind them that that's where they're at and it won't kind of push them off the edge if I just don't talk about it. Um, the opposite is true. It, we should never be afraid to ask, how are you doing? Because I'm noticing some things and I care so much about you. And it, are you able to talk to anyone about this? Do you want to talk to me about it? Can we go out for coffee and, and, and talk through this a little bit? So yes, no matter what the situation is, asking someone, are you okay? Uh, because I love you is the best thing that you can do. What I always say though, is it actually goes kind of before that. It goes ahead of that. The best thing you can do really for your loved ones and for your community is get yourself into counseling at some point so that you know what it feels like to sit on that couch. So you know what it feels like for somebody to ask you certain questions and help you process things that maybe you didn't know how to process before, not only for your own healing, but so that in the future, if your child, if your partner, if your loved one, your family member, your church family member, your faith community, whoever, if someone comes to you and says, I'm struggling, what do I do? Or if you're noticing they're struggling and you want to ask them about it, sometimes the best way to, to put that out there is to say, um, I've been through this and I remember what this feels like. And I'm wondering if what I experienced or what I went through or what that was like for me is similar to what you're feeling now. If it is, I, I would love to support you, even hold your hand a little bit through this process to help you get connected with someone who could uh, really guide you through this season of your life. But what that does is when you say, I remember what that felt like, I've been there before, it immediately evens the playing field and it doesn't put you in a position where you're potentially judging them or being the one who knows it all or anything like that. You're saying, hey, you're human. so. I'm human too. I've experienced mm -hmm. what I'm seeing or thinking that you're perceiving that you might be experiencing right now. And I would love to be there for you the way other people were there for me before. Wow. That's, that's really powerful. I thank you so much for sharing that view um, of, of how to approach these situations. And it really speaks to the three pillars of our Mind Your Mind campaign, which is to raise awareness, reduce stigma, and promote resiliency. Yeah. And by doing that self-analysis or whatever um, process that you would go through, you know, that you can um, truthfully be in a better place to help others. So thank you Absolutely. for that, for those thoughts. Mm -hmm. So um, Alex, how can families reach you or find other resources? What's your like to go um, top to go list when you're meeting with people who think that they need help? Great question. We've got on our website, which is Cumberland Counseling Centers with an S at the end, or just cumberlandcenters.org. Um, the very first thing that you'll probably notice on that page is make an appointment, a little button that says make an appointment. So if you're sort of contemplating, maybe this might be the right time for me to get in counseling, maybe COVID kicked my butt, you know. <laughs> Uh, and I just need to process with someone or, or, or do some grief work of what this past year and a, a year has looked like, um, go set an appointment. The very first thing that'll happen is it'll send you to a form to fill out um, that just gives us a little bit of your contact information so we can get back in touch with you. But that's the fastest way to go ahead and get yourself on a calendar is to fill out that form because then one of our staff will get back to you right away 
um, decide which therapist, if you don't already have one in mind, you probably would fit with best based on kind of what's uh, your, what your goals are for counseling and what you're struggling with at this point. We have about six clinicians that we could pair you with um, and get you started right away. I mean, within the next week or so. So go to um, cumberlandcenters.org or you could even follow us on Instagram, social media. You could follow me personally, which has all the links to our website, uh, which is my first and last name, Alexandra Thompson underscore LCSW, uh, or go to at Cumberland Counseling uh, on Instagram or Facebook. Uh, so it's wonderful that we can use all these um, platforms for good, right? We hear oh, yeah. about the the downsides of social media, but really they can be a positive force to connect people um, with resources. And thank you for sharing your um, information as well as the, yes. uh, the Cumberland Counseling Center. Yeah. Um, of course, if anyone is in a serious crisis, they need to dial 911 or mm -hmm. the uh, suicide um, uh, prevention line, yes. right? Yes, the Georgia Crisis and Access Line or GCAL. Mm -hmm. And to get that, if you don't want to save it in your phone, although it might be a good idea to save it in your phone, just Google GCAL, G is in Georgia, Crisis and Access Line, G-C-A-L, and that will bring up their 1-800 number and you can get with it in touch with someone right away. Perfect. I think they also have an app that um, folks can download. And so some of the younger folks like teens or young adults might feel more comfortable um, using the app to, to chat or text if they oh, yeah. are reluctant to pick up the phone. Um, so any final thoughts that you would like to leave our lis listeners with, Alex? I don't know why this came to mind, but hearing you say, um, you know, there is some good that we can get with social media. I was thinking, oh, heck yeah, there's good with social media. One, one thing I usually say when people say, what's the easiest way for people to learn a little bit more about mental health or how to take care of their mental health? One thing I usually say is you're going to roll your eyes, but the easiest, lowest hanging fruit that you could start with is going onto Instagram and start following mental health professionals like myself who give little simple nug nuggets, easily digestible nuggets of mental health education every single day. Sometimes we talk directly to you uh, or give you little videos and things like that. And if you are in a place where you're really hungry for more education of how to take better care of your mental health, I mean, what better way than to get it in two seconds flat, you know, a little bit every day or every week. So social media is not the enemy. Social media can be um, certainly if it becomes something that we get addicted to and things like that, but it's definitely a way to feel connected and to be able to easily connect with professionals in your community that you want to seek support from. Such great advice. Thank you. So I could see, you know, if you learn a nugget every day, not only are you increasing your capacity for mental health and wellness, but then you're in a stronger position to support that family member, that coworker, that friend, that neighbor that may be experiencing a, a downtime or a dark, a dark time. So absolutely good advice. Yeah. Well, Alex, it has been a pleasure talking with you. We thank you so much for the work that you do for the community through your, your church, Cumberland Community Church. And we are excited to watch the expansion of your services across the metro area. And thank you so much for appearing on Mind Your Mind Speaks. Thank you so much for having me.